Welcome in. We have hit the hump day of the week, a Wednesday edition of the Sports Huddle, SEMO ESPN Radio, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and online at SEMOESPN.com. Hang on, we'll have a Wednesday Marty party coming up. Marty Michelle will join us later on in the show. We'll hear from the Love Shack, Eric Sean, and the Missouri Sports Hall of Famer, Jess Bolin, inviting you to join us. Here's our huddle hotline number. It is 573-334-1220. The huddle hotline is powered by EBOMD. Jess Bolin in the house. How cold is it out there? It's pretty cold, but, buddy, it is going to get really cold starting Sunday. Yeah. And did you see what Tuesdays? Now, my phone, is are those pretty accurate? On my phone, it says minus five next Tuesday. Wow. That really is frostbite weather. But I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Missouri lost. The Blues lost. Notre Dame lost to Central. Uh, so I'm all fired up. Ask me something. I'll next pop. Monday, my phone says it's going to be a high of nine and minus three overnight Monday. Tuesday is what I'm talking about. Tuesday, I've got a high of 16 and a low of now, eight. Now, see there, why should your phone be different than mine? Better double check Maybe that. You got, no, you better double check, because I, I just checked it this morning. So we're going to see here. I know this show. Tomorrow, it's supposed to be 51. Okay, next Tuesday, my show's minus four, the low. Yeah, that's a shame. Well, of course, what what size phone you got? What number? iPhone 13. Oh, well, mine's an 8. Maybe that's a problem. <laughs> we got different apps. You've got the built-in weather app that comes with the phone, Apple. Okay. I I've got, got the weather channel app. I got 90% rain on Friday. And Sunday, I got 50%. Monday. Monday shows the low being 2 degrees. Yeah. And then minus 4 and then 5. On Friday, my, so Monday, phone, Sunday, my phone says 100% chance of rain Friday. Yeah. Well, mine only says 90. We sound like Seinfeld and Costanza yeah. in the drugstore. Yeah, this is great radio. You got aloe? This is, oh, I love aloe. This is great radio. <laughs> it's, award, it's award-winning stuff here. <laughs> hey, we're those, we're the, reading the weather forecast on our phone. How many do you think we lost just by that little episode of nonsense and nobody cares stuff? Three quarters of the people that actually so we got five flipped. No, I think we this. got more than five still yet. Because my well, Kim, my Kim and Shell and Tom and Jess, there's four. So. Yeah, but they'll shut it down if this continues. You think our, my own kids will? Yeah, they'll shut it down. They better not. You know, they still get grounded. So <laughs> that grounded always went well. I remember what I mean. Grounded, it's just like a coach taking you out of the game and putting you on the bench or putting you in the dugout. <laughs> I remember one time. All right, you, you're, you're not allowed to play. That's what being grounded is. You're Mary, not allowed to go out Ma- and play. Mary and I were going out of town and going, actually going to St. Louis. And so gra- Tom was grounded in a way. Tom could not leave the house. <laughs> but we got... Car, had car trouble before we got to Perryville. And I told my wife, I said, we better shut this baby down and go back home. Because I could tell it was hitting on about six cylinders, and it was a V8. So as we drive up, Tom is sneaking off up the street. <laughs> Sorry, Tom, if you're listening. You got doubly caught there, double whammy. And you know what Tom's thinking? What are the freaking odds they have car yeah. trouble? What is going I got on? A, I got one better than that. Jess, my second oldest child, loved Oreo cookies. I mean, <laughs> he just couldn't get enough That's Oreos. That's because they're the greatest cookie of all time. Yeah, well, That's why. It was pouring down Raiden one night, and he had a penchant for Oreo cookies. And he knew he couldn't go out. It's storming. Couldn't go out. We wouldn't let him. So he takes that little window out of the basement where his bedroom's at and goes and crawls out the window, goes up to the quick shop a block away, 
gets him a sack of Oreos, a box of Oreos, comes back. But instead of walking through the door, or you know, and just seeing if there's anybody in the kitchen there or whatever, he goes back through the window. <laughs> oh, to be young. But anyway, we just shot the wad. Yeah, that's now. I mean, there's we don't have anybody listening. So say wrote. whatever you want to now. You can ask me a question. They might come I, back later, and they know that. Marty's coming on. Yeah. Yeah. The only one's got any brains. So, the national championship football game between Michigan and Washington, Jess, all the way across the entire platform of ESPN, it averaged 25 million viewers. Now, not as much as the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl is 27 million, but 25 million that is the most watched national championship game since Joe Burrow led LSU to a win over Trevor Lawrence and Clemson in 2020. That is. And significantly up from last year when Georgia blew out TCU, it was $17 million. So that, that's a big bump. That That's a nice number. Yeah, um, it is. Because let's face it, that's cable. I mean, ESPN is not, you know, it's not one of the the national now we were talking yesterday about Kansas City Chiefs on Peacock last night on the Blues game of course it wasn't St. Louis advertising you know I think they get some local advertising here on the Blues game but anyway it said Peacock or NBC Peacock and NBC so you were talking about the NBC and maybe NBC will have riding along so anyway the Blues it's a stupid it's a stupid thing to do, not streaming games, but if you want the most eyeballs on your product, what game has more stars in it than Miami and Kansas City? Just look at the playoff games. Yeah. They've got all the stars. You want Patrick Mahomes to only be accessible on a streaming platform? And we might possibly... Get Travis Kelsey and his girlfriend. Yeah, I don't know if Taylor Swift's going to be there or not. Uh, but you got Tyreek Hill coming back. I mean, there are stars in this game. Absolutely, but you and know, I won't get the, the the number will be the highest for Packers Cowboys. That's just the way it is with the Dallas Cowboys. Last that'll, night that'll be the big number. As, while, they, while I was watching the Blues, I talk about some of the young players. And Blue's got a load of young players doing great. 19-year-olds. You know, they had three first-round draft choices, if you well, remember. Their their number one prospect, Jimmy Snuggerud, is at the University of Minnesota. And Doug Armstrong said last night on the Blue's telecast, I mean, he said that's the guy who's going to make the immediate impact when he signs his pro well, deal. Well, they had that the uh, World Games, you know, for, uh, I think, first-round draft choices and second-round draft choices. Snuggerud was awesome. He was, well, he's MVP yeah. of it. And the United States won the gold. He's a star. I, I looked at the stats Yeah, but up. there was five Blues draft choices in it spread out. And I think the top three, uh, Snuggerud had uh, five goals and two assists. And the ne- next one was the Blues again, five goals and one assist, that kind of stuff. I looked his numbers up today at Minnesota. Um, in 20 games, he's got 16 goals and six assists. Yeah. And, and so the Blues' future looks good. And they've got a decent team now. But they had flashed it up on the board about Jake, Jake Neighbors. Yeah. You know, he's a rookie. Did you see that? What Did you see that little stuff on the screen about, about him? About Neighbors, no. Okay. This year, he's got 12 goals and 14 assists. He's a rookie. Well, I don't know if he gets credit for a rookie because he played some last year. But anyway, he's got 12 goals, uh, 14 assists, 60 hits because he's a tough guy. You know, he's knocking people around. You know how many penalty minutes he's got this season, all season? Five. Zero. And you know what he said? I'm going to have to get in the scratch so I can get some <laughs> penalty minutes. His last penalty was April 13th of last year, right before the playoffs started. But they've got some really good young players. 
And last night I was watching MLB, and they had the Shredder top ten pitchers in the major leagues right now. You think Cardinals had any? Zero. No, they had. Oh, no, Sonny Gray. They had number ten. Sonny Gray. Number would ten be there, was Sonny yeah. Gray. Would you? Uh, are you? I know you would get number one. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, right? How about number two? The second best pitcher. I don't know if I agree with this myself, but the se- I don't. Verlander's probably past his expiration date. Scherzer is. I mean, Jacob DeGrom, when he's healthy. Yeah, but right now. Um, well, Blake Snell just won the Cy Young Award. I don't think, but he's he's had two good years in both years. He won the Cy Young. I don't know who do, who they have. No okay, kid. I'll just read you the list, yeah. see if you agree with it. Garrett Cole, number one, of course. Number two, Corbin Burnson. Number three, Zach Gallon. Number four, Justin Verlander. Number five, Blake Snell. Number six, Wheeler. Number seven, Strider with the Braves. Number eight, Jacob Boy- or Logan Webb of the Giants. Giants. And then Freed of the lefty from Atlanta. Max Freed. And then Sonny Gray, number 10. I don't know if I... I think I'd put Gray a little higher on that list. Just go look at his numbers. Yeah, I might, too. Number two um, in earned run average? Come on, man. I think What Verlander are they looking at? I think Verlander's hanging on to be number four best pitcher in baseball. I don't know about he's, that either. He can still get it done. I know. He's good. Well... And look at Nolan Ryan. My gosh, what wasn't he forty five when he pitched a no hitter? Yeah, I, and Verlander says he wants to pitch into his and you know mid forty. If you stop and think of it, Nolan Ryan was hitting ninety seven at forty five years old. So what difference does it make how old a guy is? I remember when I had a little pitcher named Trey Hastings, a star at Simo, back in Rick Weezer's day in seventy six, somewhere went through there. He was unbelievable pitcher, kind of like Pedro Martinez, a little guy but could throw hard with a, just a drop-off-the-table curveball, great change-up, and everything moved. He's a left-hander. Best pitcher I ever had. And I had pitchers make the major leagues, and he's the best I ever had. I mean, I had Cliff Polite. You remember he pitched for the White Sox, pitched for the Cardinals, and um uh, He's just the best, best I ever had. And then you ask Doc Alley, best pitcher he ever had, <laughs> Trey Hastings. So I never and, saw, I never saw him pitch. I don't know. I know you didn't. But the thing about it is, if the results are there, why do you need to worry about his age or his size? <laughs> if a guy's throwing ninety three miles an hour, let's say, and I step in there, but he's only five of eight. Strider, you think he's five nine? Maybe somewhere in there. But if if they throw 95 miles out, why do I care if he's 6'6 or he's 5'10? It's 95 miles an hour. So Nolan Ryan at 45 years old was hitting 97. So why should he retire if he feels physically fit in other ways, you know? But that's amazing that he can He do never that. had a serious arm injury until the final pitch he threw in the major leagues and he snapped his UCL. Well, that's and time that was to it. quit. Yeah, yeah I would say it. I think most everybody would quit at that age. But, but the thing what a about career the th- he had. He doesn't get the credit, I don't think, or respect of how good he really was. Nolan Ryan, man, he's a he's a was a phenom. One of the reasons is because people look at his win loss record. Yep, that's right. And he wasn't that many games over five hundred. He's three hundred game winner, but. We talk about unbreakable records in sports, and I, I'm sorry, but the most unbreakable record in sports is 511 pitching victories by Cy Young. That's the most unbreakable record. But in the top five has to be Nolan Ryan, 57-14 strikeouts. Oh, absolutely. I mean, is anybody even going to sniff 4,000? You know, there's no way for you and I to know about Cy Young other than just what's written 
about him. I have a theory. Back in those days, you could go to the carnival and you throw those baseballs yeah. at the milk cans. Yeah. And I think if you did that, you would get a, a pitching victory back then. That's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a win, Cy. That's a win. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the whole score what, what, is what they What they pitch on three days? I mean, every third day? Well, Bob Gibson pitched every fourth day. You know, I don't know about three days. But to get I, to I guess 5-11, if, he had to pitch every third day. If you could, I, I guess you would. But... Um, it's amazing what numbers some people have in sports. And I, you know, the old school, I, I do think they scored a lot different. I think they're more. I don't know, Walter, per- Walter Johnson won over 400 games. I think they're more particular now about base hits and everything, you know, than they were back then. I remember, though, one of the bad rules that, that was changed for the better was years ago, and this is my in my day, if you hit a Say you got a man on third base and one or no outs, and you hit a long fly two or three feet in front of the wall, the guy makes a great catch, but it was foul, you didn't get a sack fly. The ball had to be fair to get a sack fly. That was goofy. So they did change that to where, you know, if it's caught, no matter where it's Well, in the 50s, fly. they made a scoring change that sacrifice flies were not at bats. Back in the day, when Ted Williams hit 406 in 1941, you got an at-bat. Yeah. And so they went back and counted up his sack flies. He would have hit like 412. Yeah, and he used to get a lot more triples. Do you notice that? Unusual, the year he hit 376, I think it was, he had 22 triples. Who who you ever hear of right now get 10? I mean, it's, a, it's just a... Maybe a Cunha. Yeah. And... Way, way back, and this is a fact, ground rule doubles, if it bounced into the stands, it was a home run. Yeah, yeah. They changed that. Well, now, they should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. But baseball has made a lot of changes in the last decade, and I, I totally agree. They're going to shorten They're going to shorten the pitch clock I this know, upcoming season. I know. They are. Um, from 20 to 18 seconds, I think, uh, and then – with nobody on, I think it's 18 seconds in it instead of 20. I, I don't know, but it's I heard it on MLB. So last night, the story in the Panthers-Blues game was not a blue. It was a St. Louis kid, Matthew Kachuk, who carried the Florida Panthers to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. And did you know, and did you actually trick. see the game? Or did you just watch highlights? I watched highlights. Okay. I watched the entire game. He didn't have a goal until third period. He and his last goal was an empty netter. Counts. Uh, sure it does. And they, uh, threw, and they threw hats on the ice that's for where I'm going. the St. Louis kid. That's exactly where I was going with this statement. They respected him enough from being St. Louis kid that a lot of people threw hats on the ice. And after the game, he came over to the Blues locker room. And did an interview for St. Louis. Well, I got it right here. Here is Matthew. It was K- great. I watched it last night. Matthew Kachuk after the game in the Blues locker room. Well, Matthew, you talk about a homecoming, and uh, we don't see too often when a visiting player comes into town and hats are thrown on the ice when they score the hat trick. But I know you got to be happy and uh, excited to do this here in St. Louis. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I'm very happy with that. I'm very happy that we are continuing this win streak. It's been uh, an awesome road trip for us. Just had a few days off in Vail. Come here to end it. Like it's not an easy game at the end of a road trip, um, especially against a team like St. Louis, who's good at home. So um, I thought we did a great job, and it, it, feel, it felt really good to see uh, a lot of familiar faces in the crowd and throwing some hats was pretty cool. All right, listen, we saw a lot of shots of your mom and dad up in the uh, up in the suite, a lot of friends and family that are here. Uh, what, what does it mean to you, Matthew, still? I know you've been around for several years now, but to come back into St. Louis and play in the NHL, it's always special, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. It's probably my favorite road game of the year, um, other than playing against my brother. So... Uh, it's really special coming back. I was, you know, we got in late last night, so went over to the parents for for um, for dinner. Got to see Robbie and Kev, and um, I don't know. It's just always fun coming here. Going to see a bunch of friends here after. Um, so it's going to be uh, 
it's going to be a fun night, and uh, I'm just glad that there's a lot of people that could come to the game. Right. It sounds like uh, maybe he drank a fresca or two after the game, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got, him, got, himself, got himself a Sprite. Uh, you talk about drinking? That's one of my wisdom wisdoms today, so don't miss it. It's pretty good. So, Matthew Kachuk, a hat trick coming home. Kind of cool. If well, the, he's a if good the, player. If the Blues know. were going to lose, you still root for the St. Louis game. Oh, sure. Yeah, and his dad up there watching. He, I he still knew think... the camera would be on him, so he didn't really want to celebrate big time. And him being an ex-star in the National Hockey League, you know, and you, you always want to try to control your emotions a little bit. But he gave a, uh, a fist bump on that third goal, you know. and uh, But it's a good family. Kachuk was just, he's just like his dad, Keith. Um, Big Walt? Yeah. Uh, he's uh, really good around the net. And we talked about, I think, yesterday about him. But he's big guy, tough. And um, I still think before his career is over, he will play for the Blues. I do, too. I do, too. Cause he, I don't know about his brother Brady, but him. He made the statement once and probably wish he'd never made it that he'd like to play for the – put that blue uniform on once. Because, see, he grew up uh, – they talked about that last night, too. The uh, the interview was a little longer than that. Yeah, and, I, I didn't want to play the no, whole thing. No, and, and he talked about when he was growing up playing hockey in the next room, <laughs> him and a couple guys, you know, and uh, how he would practice. Him and his brother, would they would uh, – both of them be near the net and shoot at the net, you know, and get used to the puck. And in other words, they would try to make the puck rebound and see if they could get to it and get the puck off the rebound, you know, what they would do. Every sport's got their own little intricacies. Let's we'll stop there. They've got their own little habits or things they do to make them better. And he's, it, talk, he's talking about that. Idiosyncrasies. Oh, there you go. There we go. Uh, that's a big word. It's still early. Oh, it's too early it's not even, for me. It's, it's not even 10 o'clock. In fact, i got to wait till about 6 or 7 o'clock to spring that one out. And then hope that somebody's not really listening to me. So, it was another disaster on the power play last night for the Blues. 0 for 4, including a four-minute power play in the second period. So now, and that is the ninth time this year the Blues have not scored on the power play with at least a four-minute power play. Boy. Nine times. They are now dead last in the National Hockey League. 10.6% is when they score on the power play. And there's no reason for that. The Blues have as much talent on the power play as the top third of the teams in the National Hockey League. I, I don't know the reason for that because, gosh, the people they put out there, you know, Thomas, Kyrou, uh, people that, Braden Shin, I mean, they got people, Boost Devic, they got people on that power play that a lot of teams would love to have. When they but won something's the... about it. That last night they did look good on one two-minute power play. They really moved the puck around. I thought they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to score, and that's the key. The power play, you've got to get control of the puck in your offensive zone, and you've got to get the, like the old four-cornered freeze the basketball. You remember how they used to do that? You've got to get those people on those stations that you can shoot the puck that around was, the horn. That was Dean Smith that patented that, that yeah. four-corner offense. Yeah. Do you know why they went to the shot clock in the NBA? You can Google this. Yeah, because teams would hold the ball. You'd get the super low-scoring games. I think there was an NBA game. That the final score was eight to six. Yeah, see, nobody wants that. Yeah, nobody wants to stand and watch him play catch. No. Way back in the day, peach basket days, after each basket, they would go back to center court and jump it up. <laughs> Google it, kids. And I do. They used to do that. I am old school about this. I always liked, instead of possession rule, I liked. Uh, jumping center at the beginning of each quarter. I'd like to see men's basketball go to four quarters like women have and jump center, though. Because if you that that could be an advantage to you instead of the other team getting equal rights to the ball automatically because of the change. Here, here's the problem. 
officials can't throw the ball. Stink up. at tossing the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know how many college games I've watched, and the ball goes up, and you're like, that, that toss is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they get better. They get, it goes one side or the other, or sometimes they throw it too high, <laughs> and everyone true. jumps, and they couldn't get it because he threw it too high, and then it bounces in the circle. Did you hear about the NBA game last night? I think it was the Lakers. I'm not sure. Where one team got 23 free throws in the last period, and another team got two. It was the Toronto Raptors and the Los Angeles Lakers. And after the game, Raptors head coach Darko Rajakovic. This is what he had to say when his team got two free throws and in the fourth quarter, the Lakers got 23. This is a good one. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's, that's, that's outrageous. What happened tonight, this is completely BS. This is shame. Shame for the referees, shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them, and we get two free throws in, in a fourth quarter. Like, how to play the game. I, all, I understand uh, respect for all-stars and all of that, but we have star players on our team as well. How's possible is Scotty Barnes, who is all-star caliber player in this league, he goes every single time to the rim with force, trying to get, get uh, to, to the rim without flopping, and, and not trying to get foul calls, he gets two uh, free throws for the whole game. How is that possible? How are you going to explain it that, that to me? They had to win tonight? If that's, if that's the case, just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight. And this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. And what, what's happening over here during whole season, I've been holding it back, it's a complete... Crap. Do you feel like you're getting any explanations at all? That offensive foul, did you did you see like get any explanation? No, no, there is no explanation. They just they just come up there, they review what and they see what they want to see. They don't want to hear us what we got to say. They don't want to hear the players. They they they, they don't just want to protect us. Over again they got thirty six free throws, twenty three free throws in, in the fourth quarter. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? How are we gonna supposed to play? This uh, a one-off, or do you feel this has been happening to your team a lot throughout the season? It's happening a lot, but I'm telling our guys, be professional, keep fighting, keep going for the next one. But until when? For how long? Thank you. And that ended oh, it. Oh, thank you. I, I like that. <laughs> I had to stick around for the thank you. So, um, the... The offensive foul that he's talking about happened late in the game. Raptors had a go-ahead three late, and they called an offensive foul on a moving screen. And if you look at the replay, that it, that is just a bad call. Well, you know, he brought up about the superstars getting calls, and uh, I, there, I, there is some truth to that. I remember Stan Musial, as great as it was, Ted Williams, people like that. Borderline pitches, I think they got more than half that the umpires would call a ball. And maybe a, a, a guy in his second or third year, or a rookie, certainly wouldn't get the call. But I do think that happens in sports. And I do agree with him that it shouldn't. You shouldn't know who's playing. You shouldn't care the score of the game. You, and most officials don't. Most officials, umpires, they're good, you know. But I do think it happens. And it's, it's a shame it does because the guy is letting his profession down. But sometimes something can rattle you so much and you're just sick and tired of it happening to you over and over. And then you get press conferences like that because there's not much of a cool down period before you have to go uh, meet the media. And he was still fuming and he will get... Uh, pretty significant fine from the NBA, but he knew it while he was having the press conference that he's going to get a call from Adam Silver and he's going to get a bill in the mail for whatever his fine is going to be. Well, it's just like a, a relief valve on a boiler. It's, say, it's scheduled to hold or 
be prepared to stop the pressure from relieving up to 20 pounds. And it gets 25 to 30. It's still holding, but getting close. And then at 40, she blows. And they call it relief because it's giving the ball a relief. That's kind of the way that it is in sports. You hold your tongue, you hold your tongue like you just said, and then all at once it spills over. You know, you can't do it anymore. But I, I, I agree with some of the things he said. Even though he said it in anger, he probably wouldn't say the same way if you give him a day, you know, to think about it. But You know how the NBA releases, like, the final two-minute report? They They look... They go back and watch the final two minutes, and then they'll put out a report that said, okay, they missed this, they missed yeah. this, they got this call right. This, And, you know, that angers the officials. I'll be interested to see what the two-minute report says for this game and the fouling that occurred late in the ballgame. Well, I, and, I, and I think that you'll, you'll, it, it will be a topic on sports <clears throat> talk because – of this particular press conference. Oh, sure it will. And he his relief valve went off. And my dad always said something that I, I remember. He said, always listen to somebody when they're mad or they're drunk. Because that's when they'll and tell you, get, you what they really think. You get the truth. Yeah, they'll tell you what they really think at, at when they owe two things. I don't so, think he was he was drunk, but he was mad. The Lakers won the game 132- 131. Because you score 131 points and get beat. That's that's bad. <laughs> and they are 15 and 22, the Raptors. So that, I'm sure, added to his frustration. And the mighty Lakers climbed back to 500. Their coaches sweating bullets, I can guarantee you. There's already been chatter about whether or not uh, they're going to make a move in L.A., how old is LeBron James now? 40? 39 years uh, old. I knew he had to be around 40, but still productive. As we it's were really talking a while ago about like him, no or, like him or not. <clears throat> like him or not. LeBron James is one of the premier athletes in the history oh, of this country. N- no question about it. Why wouldn't you like him? I mean, he's not a radical of anything. He may, he's got his opinions about things, but... No more than somebody else walking down the street. I think he's been a good for basketball. He's been pretty active and vocal on social media about I know, a lot but, of different but, things. You know, I think when somebody in the in the public eye says something, it's got so much more weight than somebody else. In other words, somebody that's I don't want to say a nobody, but just a normal person that doesn't really have any platform. I think they can get by with saying more than well, somebody former, that, like former Houston Rockets GM Daryl Morey put out a little tweet that basically says, you know, we stand with the people of China because of all of the atrocities that go on in China. And LeBron James, who makes a ton of money in China, um, came out and said Daryl Morey is just uneducated. Listen, the man went to MIT. MIT, one of the great think tanks in this country. I think he is not uneducated. No, and, and you, when you anyway, that say long, things like that. a long time ago. <clears throat> what you've got to admire is how great LeBron James is. Absolutely, I agree. Um, I mean, he is going to get to 40,000 points. Well, I remember when 20,000 was uh, a goal. going to get there. And who was the first guy to get to 20,000? I think you can Google it. It's Bob Pettit, St. Yeah. Louis Hawks. He was. All right. You want to see what Marty has to say about it? I love Marty. He, I got a man crush on Marty. All right. So bring him on. All right. I can just sit here and listen to his voice. The Love Shack and the man crush will meet when we come back. Sports Auto. It's the Sports Huddle on CMO ESPN, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and online at CMO ESPN. 
Com. It's a Wednesday Marty party. We head to the EBOMD huddle hotline where the Love Shack will join us. Marty Michelle. Marty, how are things? Going good. Hey, Jess, you need to get some new hobbies. If you if you love listening to my voice, <laughs> you, uh, you need to find better stuff to do hey, than listen. Don't voice. underestimate yourself, buddy. You got a great voice <laughs> and a great mind. <laughs> Garrett says, I got a face made for radio, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, join, you can't help that. Join, I don't hold that join the club, you. man. Join the club. <laughs> hey, hey, Everything's good, man. There's so much sports. I'm trying to think. So much happened since the last time we talked. All that football and uh, a lot of great college basketball. Over the weekend, They uh, most of the big conferences, Big 12, some of those SEC kind of started. They, they started their uh, conference schedule. So, uh Man, so I've been uh, watching a lot of different stuff, man. I'm looking forward to the NFL playoffs, although uh, the wild card rounds sometimes are not that great, but should be a couple of interesting games. I think I think the Chiefs got a good draw. I don't know what you guys think. I don't think Miami's going to be able to handle that nine-degree weather. Boy, yeah, we talked about that yesterday. Uh, Kansas, it's tough on anybody. Let's be truthful here. It's uh, Anybody that goes out in that kind of weather, it's tough on you, but it's not Miami. Those guys, some of those guys got used to playing down there this year, you know, and uh, may not be from that area, but, boy, it's, uh, it's it's brutal out there when that wind is blowing a little bit and you get those kind of temperatures. I feel mo- I feel the most sorry. And, and uh, those, those pro, I mean, those those diehard fans, they don't, I can't say they don't care, but can you imagine as a fan sitting through that and, you know, you're tailgating for four, five, six, maybe all day beforehand, you know, uh, all day before the game. Can you imagine being out in that all day? I guess you no. get used to it. I, I tell you what I think about it. If I lived in Kansas City and they said, I'm giving you a half a dozen free tickets or however many you want, I would not go. Neither would I. I wouldn't sit out in that kind of weather to you, watch the ball. You, know how you, I, don't drink, you don't drink alcohol. If you had enough to drink, I think you could combat the weather. But you know how. We're, we're going to talk about alcohol here you know, after a while. You know how I am about going to sporting events. I would rather watch it on TV. I, Absolutely. I, I go to a million sporting events working. I, I mean, I'm not – I, I want to watch the game on my flat screen, Marty, with some snacks and watch it in high def and get replay. And, you know, That's the all same that. way about baseball. I'm a baseball nut, you know, but I had free tickets to the Cardinals and Braves way back when in the playoffs, and I turned them down. I said – I've got too many I'm hours at work. Way. I'm the same way as you guys, and I got a setup, and you know I could watch two big TVs at once at the perfect, both the same angle. So I could watch. I like hate to even say this, you know, and uh, I enjoy going to SEMO games. But with ESPN Plus, if there's bad weather or something, or if there's another game I really want to watch on, I enjoy just watching it on the on the on the on the TV and then watching another game, you know, and. Uh, and that's and that's a, a subject for another matter because ESPN and Plus is great, but I think it has hurt attendance at some of these smaller school sporting events because it's so easy. In the old days, you if you really wanted to see what happened at a game, you had to go to the game. Now you don't have to do that anymore. Or you could, or you could listen to the radio. Well, no, I don't mean what. I, no, I, I love know. listening to radio. Games, no, I know. Man. I, I grew up doing that. I know Jess did too. I grew up listening just to radio, listening to you know all that stuff. But uh, but I'm saying if you actually wanted to see what happened in the game, you used to actually have to be there. Now every, I think every Division One college basketball game's on TV, isn't it, Eric? Not every one of them. I mean, it's like okay, percentage. yeah, it, it is. It is a high percentage, but. Uh, just for instance, let me, let me give you this example. Uh, we just went to Western Illinois in Macomb, and the guy that was doing ESPN Plus happened to be sitting just down from me. The guy next to me w- was a writer, and he was coughing and got me sick. He just nonstop <laughs> coughing. Anyway, so I talked to the ESPN Plus guy, and you know what the requirements are for ESPN Plus and this conference, the Ohio Valley Conference, every home football, men and women's basketball game must be on ESPN Plus. And then I think they pick and choose 26 other sporting events that have to go on ESPN Plus uh, that aren't football and basketball. So they take a handful of baseball, they get gymnastics, volleyball, soccer, 
So that's the way it goes. And you could do more if you want, but there's a minimum requirement there. Uh, and so I'm talking to the ESPN Plus guy. They were in the Summit League, Western Illinois, and he said they only did like a handful of TV games uh, in the Summit League. Now, I don't know how much that has changed, but that's what the guy said. So I know, I mean, we we had a game, uh, what was it? It was a basketball game uh, earlier this year, Marty, and I can't remember which one it was, a men's basketball game, and there was no TV at all, none, nothing. I think it was uh, it was the SEMO women's game at Missouri State. No, no TV. Yeah, it's unusual. I'm sure Missouri Valley Conference, I'm almost positive all their men's games are on at least ESPN yes. Plus, and, and they'll do more. But but anyway, there's a big bit. But, I mean, I love ESPN. I know you guys do, man. I mean, because I love watching so much college basketball, and I really enjoy watching a lot of the small conference. I've really gotten into watching the Missouri Valley Conference, man. There's so many great games, and uh, there's so many good teams. There's even teams like we talked about before, Evansville, who's been horrible. Now, they're not doing that great in the league so far, but they got a good team, and that conference is so deep, man. Every game you watch is a pretty good game. I think Valparaiso is the only team that's pretty bad in that league. Everybody else is at least respectable, but uh, but anyway, yeah. Speaking of Western Illinois, you know, you're in that summit league, and that's be for the future when they start playing football next year, you know. It'd be interesting to track if their sports overall get a lot better now that they don't have to probably spend half their athletic budget on travel. Because, and Eric, this is hometown, he probably follows the Western War. The majority of their sports have been got off over the years. Yes, they have. Football actually had by far the longest losing streak in the country. When they start playing in the OVC next year, they'll have a 24-game losing streak going into next season. I think the next closest. So, I mean, I got to think that not having to spend half your budget on travel has got to help your overall athletic program. Well, what's going to help Western Illinois' athletic program, Marty, because I was just there, their facilities are from the 1960s, man. I mean, their their basketball arena, it hasn't changed since I was six years old and used to <laughs> go to the Leatherneck. I'm, I'm kidding. I mean, they've they've put in some new chairbacks. They've got, okay, do you remember the scoreboard that hung over center court at the Show Me Center before uh, they put the video board up there, right? You remember what kind oh, of yeah. scoreboard? That's exactly the kind of scoreboard they've got at Western Illinois, and it's been that way since I was a kid. Uh, I was talking to the guy at Illinois State, their radio guy, and you know, I had never met him before, so we were chatting before the game, and I was telling him, you know, and I was from Macomb, and I thought it was cool that Western joined our league. So we got to talk, and I said I'd never broadcast a football game at Western Illinois. I don't know anything about, you know, I know what the field looks like. I, you know, I went to Leatherneck games when I was a kid, and he said they, they have to have one of the worst press boxes that he's ever been in. Uh, I will say uh, they, it looks like they built a, a fairly new press box uh, for their baseball team. I went, drove past and looked. Uh, and SEMO actually does go to Western Illinois for baseball. But uh, if they can take some of that money and pump it into their facilities, Marty, then they'll get better. Yeah, because it wasn't that long ago. They were pretty good in football. Right, they were right. making playoffs periodically. And uh, I know baseball has been like last several years, I think they've averaged like seven, eight wins a year. I mean, total, not conference wins. I mean, so, yeah, I think – Women's basketball has been solid over the years. and But, I mean, even some of the so-called minor sports that I really always followed when I was at the paper, like track and softball and those kind of sports, they've been, they've been horrible in those all those sports. Yeah. And anyway, we don't need to talk anymore about Western Illinois. <laughs> hey, Marty, what uh, would you think of the national championship football game, Michigan over Washington Monday night? Man, that was impressive by uh, Michigan. You know, I, 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 I didn't really care one. I kind of like both teams. Uh, I really like Washington's quarterback, Penix, man. He's got a great story. He's had like four major injuries over the years, and he's bounced back. But Michigan was just too strong on the lines. I mean, all you really have to know about a game, if a, if a team rushes for over 300 yards, wouldn't you say, Eric, 29 times out of 30, they're going to win the game. Oh, yeah. 
I mean, they were just physically dominant, dominant on both lines, and Penix was harassed. And now he was off on a lot of his throws that he normally had made this year. But I think that's because he was getting hit. I mean, oh, you know, I know, guys, I don't care who he you was, are. There are guys, uh, you know, guys are going to get jumpy. They're going to get, you know, they 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 get a little twitchy. You have to get sacked ten times in the game to be jumpy in the pocket or exactly. release the ball too quick. Are you not getting good vision? Now, I mean, some of those, got some of those throws in front of you. I mean, that, not hands in front of you. They got a crossing route. He overthrew the guy by ten feet yeah. over his head. Exactly. I mean, Penix, Penix. Guess is right. You guys are both right. I mean, you know, if you know the rush is coming, and you know you're going to maybe throw the ball not when you quite want to throw it, or yeah, he he was off. I mean, he'll still he still had a tremendous season, but. And you nothing, gotta Marty. The, you got to give it to Michigan. They they were definitely the best team. Because and I no- don't I don't think it's him wilting on the big stage, Marty. Because Michael Penix Jr. has played in a lot of big games. I mean, Washington played in a lot of big games. Those Oregon games were massive. So I don't think it was that the stage was too high. They were rattling his cage. Well, another thing too, not to forget, when you're playing in any sport and you're injured or hurting, like he was. You you really have to take a whole that ball in the pocket, knowing you're going to get hit. I think the best guy I've ever seen in my life at holding the ball to the last second was Kurt Warner. He was tremendous. He was tremendous to that. But you know what? When you're hurting, when you got your ribs about the broken ribs or whatever he's got trying to play, you know you you want to get rid of the ball because you hate to take that hit. You know when you're not ready for it. You know something else, yeah, Marty? impressive game for Michigan, and if Harbaugh goes to the NFL, which most people believe, what a way to end his uh, college run there at Michigan. Man, he'll he'll be a play for Michigan and go back and win a national championship. He'll, he'll be a legend there forever. And I am not a Michigan honk at all, okay? I like Harbaugh. I am not a Michigan honk at all, but all of these haters that are coming out of the woodwork saying this national championship is tainted, Shut nah. up. Shut up. It is not tainted. They didn't need sign stealing uh, when they beat Ohio State. There was, and, I mean, you know, once that came to light, do you think it, it continued? No, absolutely not. That they, they went up and lined up against the best teams in the country, although you could probably make an argument. Georgia probably would have been favored slightly in, in a game against Michigan. But – can't take anything away from Michigan, Marty, and I'm sorry. I do not believe it's tainted. They want it on the field, fair and square. I mean, they were down for the count late in that game against Alabama, 20 to 13, and they had to they had to convert a fourth down and go down and tie the game to send it into overtime. I mean, it looked like they were dead on arrival late in that game against Alabama. I hand it to Michigan, man. They earned it. I do too. And one of the commentators was saying, you know. Teams always routinely change up their signs during the season because if 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 you if if I agree with Aaron can't be tainted. The guy was making the point. One low-level staffer goes to a game and films stuff with his iPhone and just by the eye test. And if if that's good enough to decipher your signal, then you don't change it during the season. That's your own because it's like in baseball. Everybody's trying to steal signals now. You know, they, they deserve to get some kind of, you know, slap on the wrist because if you, if you know a rule is a rule, you shouldn't do it. But I don't think that helped Michigan in any way do anything in this run. You know what I think is cool, guys? I mean, with when watching these bowl games, watching these college football playoff games, it's refreshing to come on the radio the next day and you're not talking about the officials like we do in the National Football League every freaking week, Marty. There's always an official controversy. Did you? Did you? Were there, was there any call that you saw that you're just like, oh my god? No, I mean they, nobody's talking about the officials with these college games, but they are with the NFL. So I I, I give kudos to the officials who were doing these college games. I like that too. Yeah, and one more quick note on uh, dominant Michigan was South Dakota State was just dominant Man. in FCS. Did you watch that game, Eric? Yes, they they are they're the real yeah. deal, man. The Jack how come Rabbit. you didn't ask me if I watched it? 
Well, I mean, I was going to you guys, uh, but I know you're not in a lot of that. Marty, stuff hey. Yet. You're, you're more in the big-time event. Marty, I'm, I'm getting offended here, and I gave you some love before you came on. Now I'm getting offended. You know, did you watch that oh, game, Eric? And there, there's three of us talking. I, don't, I think my audience out there, which is huge, I think I got seven, so they might reject you. All right, I'm asking you the question. Did you watch the game? Uh, yeah, I did. Well, but I didn't okay. watch. I didn't watch as much as you, today, man. We talk about a dominant program. Twenty-nine wins in a row. Oh Texas yeah. They they had four playoff games. They outscored their teams one forty-six to fifteen. I like any championship game in any sport. I really do. I mean, because you know you're going to see the very best they these athletes got in that championship game. So I, any championship game, championship fight. Or anything like that, I'm interested. I mean, Montana's offense was reduced to looking like the Iowa Hawkeyes, Marty, against that South oh, Dakota God. State defense. I don't know about that bad. <laughs> South Dakota State on the season allowed an average of 9.3 points a game. They said that's the lowest in, like, almost 15 years. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I agree with you, though, Jeff, man. When, the, like, when they show, like, the Division two national championship in basketball, football, even Division three, I like it. I enjoy watching. I agree, man. Any time, I don't care what level it is, when you crown a, a national champion, it's big. I know. I guess I might I might like different things than you guys like, but I always envision myself in a championship game. I was in quite a few of them, state and stuff like that. But th- those guys, that's so big to them. I don't care if it's Division Three or what it is, and they're pouring their heart and soul into those games, and that's why it's got to be – important for anybody to watch it, it, it's got to be entertaining because you know the effort is there sometimes on the smaller level it's even bigger because at the at the big time level half these guys are probably going to play in the nfl you, you talk about the lower level that's going to be probably the last game most of them ever play in their life that's a good point the career is over yeah. something like that is like you know but anyway you know i agree with you Yes, I, I I didn't mean to think that you didn't watch the game. I was just I know I, 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 I know Eric, you know, has has covered uh, this FCS stuff for so many years, formerly one double A. So uh, if you ever take like anything, I, uh, if you ever take, you've covered all that stuff for years, you kind of like following all that stuff. If you ever take anything I say seriously, you you don't know me. <laughs> I mean, you no, go I, back, I, you go back. First of all. South Dakota State was supposed to play Nebraska this year, Marty, and Nebraska pulled out, so they didn't play an FBS this year. Their last loss was in their last FBS game, the opening game of the season in 2022 against Iowa. And, of course, this is the final score, 7-3. to three. They lost the game. Two safeties and a field goal. Somebody had a grand slam. Two Please. safeties and a field goal is what Iowa scored against that defense. I remember watching that game, and I, but I think next year I think they open at an FB, FBS. I can't remember who it is. Uh, they they said it on the on the on the TV, but uh, yeah, most of those you know, uh, North Dakota State had that problem for years. But at one point, I think they won three or four games in a row against FBS. So none of the FBS would play them anymore because, you know, in, for an FBS to play an FCS, that's like a money game. You know, you want to make sure it's a breather. You don't want to take a chance on losing one of those games. So, All right. Uh, I am scrambling here to look it up on their website. And they play at Oklahoma State to start their season next year. Yeah, and I don't know. They had a lot of seniors this year because that's why they were such a heavy favorite from the team that won it last year. Right. They returned like everybody. You know, they didn't have any nobody going to the portal or hardly anybody. I think they returned 21 out of 22 starters. They didn't hardly have a close game all year, but uh, depending on what they got back, you, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if they had a chance to beat Oklahoma State. And... Um... We talked a little college basketball, Marty. Um, I'm sure you were paying attention, but the number one and the number two teams in the country lost last night. Purdue got beat badly at Nebraska, which is shocking. 
And then Houston loses at Iowa State. So the top two teams in the country went down last night. Yeah, well, I was watching the end of those games. And, uh, yeah, that's the great thing about college basketball. It really doesn't matter. You know, college football, the number one team loss, you know, you're thinking, man, I mean, you're, are you even going to make the playoffs? Although next year that won't be the case. That's what makes college basketball, man, you know, it's so interesting because upsets are going to happen and it doesn't really hurt the team who lost other than maybe a little, you know, a little pride or something like that. You guys, uh, you guys watch Mizzou. Uh, you know they, their their defense, Marty. Right now, they rank last in the SEC in field goal percent defense. I think they rank twelfth or tenth out of fourteen in points allowed uh, in terms of uh, free throws made. I think they're at the very bottom of the SEC in terms of free throws made. They got outscored by ten points from the free throw line. Uh, that's five losses in the last six games. I, it seems like it might be a down year for Missouri. Yeah, everything I read and when I see the games, it looks like kind of a transition year. You know, last year they were such a surprise, and and several of these transfers they they got hit. You know, and this year, you know, it's they haven't had the same luck. But I think Missouri's program's in good shape though, because if you've been following it, man, Gates has has lined up for the next couple of years some of the top recruiting classes in the country. So these first two years, he's relied so much on the transfer portal. And like I say, last year they came out of nowhere. So this year looks kind of like a transition year. But I could see after this year, Mizzou being, you know, pretty good for a while. But, uh, yeah, they don't – I it, right now it'd be – now so early, but it'd be probably a surprise if they, uh, they made the NCAA tournament. Because losing to Georgia at home, Georgia's not one of the better teams in the SEC – you can't lose to the weaker teams at home if you want to have any chance. And South Carolina, I think they, they come to Mizzou uh, Saturday. South Carolina's got a real good record, but I think that's built on a lot of weaker teams they played. So Even they're if- not expected to be one of the better teams. So if Mizzou doesn't win that game Saturday – it could be a really, really long year. You know, even if they would somehow climb their way onto the bubble, Marty, and you start breaking down their schedule like the committee will, a home loss to Jackson State is gonna—they're gonna say they're out. We're not—we're not—we're not bringing a team that lost at home to a swack school. Yeah, Mizzou really doesn't have any. You know, I mean, they had a couple decent non-conference wins, but they win at Minnesota when they. The rate they use deficit, but Minnesota's not anything great. And then they, they beat Pittsburgh, which was a good win. But, you know, and Pittsburgh's solid, but they're not like a tremendous team. But, yeah, they they would really – I think to get in the NCAA tournament, they'd probably have to have some kind of winning SEC record. And that might be hard to do this year. All right, Marty. SEMO uh, men's basketball, a loss uh, at uh, Western Illinois. Uh, I will say this. You know, Western had 23 offensive rebounds in that game, Marty. That's the difference in the game. And they are literally one of the worst free-throw shooting teams in the country. They are 348 out of 351, Western Illinois. And, Marty, they they went 15 for 17 from the free-throw line in the second half and outscored SEMO 15 to 1 from the free throw line. So they had a fluky night shooting free throws, uh, but it is not fluky how good they are on the glass, Marty. They had 24 offensive rebounds 48 hours after uh, they beat the Red Hawks against Lindenwood. This team can pound the glass. I think Western Illinois, uh, you know, they may be the surprise team in the league. Yeah, they're, uh, we talked last week, they're a solid, a decent team. I mean, and uh, with those rebounders and everything like that, uh, I think I think Seamos, I, I know the record doesn't show it, and really when you take out the non-D1s, they've only got two wins, but you talk with Moorhead and West Illinois, I thought both teams, they played pretty decent basketball. I can see Simo, they really should be Lindenwood. It looks like the worst team in the conference. Uh, they should be Lindenwood, and I, Tech, Tech is kind of struggling. So Simo's got a decent chance to win a couple games in a row. But you talk about the surprise so far. Eastern Illinois, man, picked last. They went on the road last week, and they won at Martin and at Little Rock. That was an unbelievable week for Eastern Illinois men. Yeah, that's a good week. Really but, good uh, week. It, it, the OBC is interesting. You know, I thought 
I even told Apex, I thought Southern Indiana was horrible when I saw them score 14 points in the first half against SIU. But they won a, they've won a couple of OBC games. I still don't think they're any good. They'll finish toward the bottom. But, but East Illinois has been so far, and it's so early. And then you look at the team's pick. You know, SIUE was picked second. They're toward the bottom. They've got one conference win. Tennessee State was picked third. They're at the bottom. They've got one conference win. So, but, I mean, it's so early in the conference season. More has we talked. They're the one team that – they're just solid, you know. I, I, more has the one team where they probably won't lose a game where you say, how did this happen? You know what I'm saying? Right. Every other – and obviously they're going to lose. I would assume they're going to lose a few conference games. But uh, and how about how about Southern Indiana on the women? I know they were picked to be middle of the pack, which isn't bad. They're four and zero. So I remember thinking when they beat Semo so bad by what almost forty points, I knew Southern Indiana had a decent team, but I didn't realize they would end up being four and zero after winning only six conference games last year. I think I think the only really really top team they beat so far is Tennessee Tech, but that was a good win for them. But uh, but anyway, it's always fun in conference play, man, because it doesn't matter. You know, you you could have, a, have had the worst non-conference season, and you can make it all right in conference. What else, Marty? Man, good talk. I think we covered it. Hey, Jess, you going to get Peacock? No, <laughs> no, I am not. You know, you hey, can, let's go. Let's go to a bar Saturday night. We'll watch the game at a bar. There you, you can, go. You can you can sign up for Peacock, and when the game is over, unsubscribe, and you're good to go. Oh yeah, no, I think it's only like five ninety nine a month. I know, but I'm five ninety nine out. Man, <laughs> I know hey, all the streaming. Hey, just think, Jeff, <clears throat> in a few years, probably you might have to get most of your sports on streaming. Who knows? What's well, I happen. made the prediction years ago that every single thing you watch on tv will be charged individually and i don't know if we're that far away from that marty you know after this valley sports stuff totally folds you know next year there's going to have to be a new way to watch hard on blues games major league baseball is making it so it you uh if if this valley's thing dries up with the cardinals as it did with the san diego padres uh, it's one of those deals, Marty, uh, where Major League Baseball will step in. You'll still be able to watch the Cardinals and the Blues. Oh, no, I know you'll be able to watch it, yeah. But, I mean, you'll, you, you won't be able to just turn on Channel 37 anymore and right. watch uh, on, uh, on Midwest. But, yeah, no, there's no way you won't be able to watch those games. You're going to be at the uh, the SEMO games tomorrow? Oh, yeah, man. Conference now. Uh, plus, I was like seeing old buddy Kyle Gerdeman. All right. Then we'll see you over at the Show Me Center. All right. See you guys. All right. The Love Shack. Jess, hello to the uh, lovely and talented Dawn Sean. She is tuning in the show. She's got the day off today. We're going to go do some shopping here. Shopping? Uh, a little later on today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. That is very unusual. Most men would... Take a bullet before they go shopping. Oh, I like shopping with dogs. No, no. Okay. I I know what I want before I leave the house, and it's directly straight to that and get it and go home. Shopping? No. Nope. Can't do it. Anyway, say hi to my girls, too, down in Texas and Columbia and here in Cape. Um, I want to say this on the wisdom, wisdom, you know it is hump day. I guess we won't get the routine. Probably can't get it. I like that, but I guess we'll do without. It's not coming. All right, give me a second. Well, hurry. Oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo-hoo! All right. That means I love her new voice. material. <clears throat> There's two things I like in that. Mike, 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 and her voice. Uh, how about this one? It cost one and a half cents to make a one penny. And the United States government made... 
the mint issued 46 million worth of these coins in 2018. Do away with the pennies. If it's three cents, charge five. What I was if, re- it's, if it's one cent, two cents, charge nothing. And I tell you what, at the end of the year, you won't be very far off. It's funny because when I was going to high school, one of my best friends, a couple of my best friends, when they would get change, they would literally throw the pennies away. Yeah. I had never seen anybody do that. Just literally threw the pennies away. How about this one? <clears throat> when you get blackout drunk, you don't actually forget anything because your brain wasn't recorded in, in the first place. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. That, you know what that came out of? Interesting and fun facts given to me by Don, Sean, and Eric Sean. Fantastic. Jess, we will uh, reconvene tomorrow. Does that work? Sounds great. All right. Stay tuned. Greenies up next. Enjoy your hump day, everybody.